connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me as always is James and Zach. I guess Zach's like now like really part of our team, which is kind of a bummer, but you know yeah, what? He just shows up sometimes. <laughs> I know, jeez. He's just texting me like, hey, what time are we recording? Fuck, god damn it. No, I was. Uh, why did I give him my number? No, I, 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 I didn't do it sooner. I was like, oh yeah, we should probably let Zach post on our website and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, on Facebook because all of a sudden, I was, well, no, it's the story's worse than that. So Henry wrote another article this week, and I saw it go up, and I was like, oh, I need to share this because it's not on our page. And I was like, there's got to be a way I can make it so that I don't have to do this, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Me clicking this button is really annoying. <laughs> so how would I figure out how to just let Henry if do it? I have it? to move my finger one more time. <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so now they can just do that. Now every, they can just run amok all over the site. <laughs> every week, the real nerds go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we actually saw two movies. Well, James saw one, and everybody else saw another one. <laughs> J- James pulled right. a Ryan. I did. Yeah, but I, 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 A, I warned you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll explain why when we get to the review. Yeah, so um, I, I went and saw Pete's Dragon. Yeah, and, me and you and guys Zach went and saw went the sausage, sausage party. party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did. Um, so stay tuned to the end of the show, and we'll review both of those films. Yeah, and we'll talk about them. We also talk about movies we've been watching throughout the week, movie news, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray. So I got Microwave Massacre a day early. What? I know you said it on Facebook. And I was like, dude, Amazon's gonna get in trouble. I know. That's what I was thinking. But it, it can't be their fault. It has to be the... Screen Factory? No, it, it's actually an Arrow one. But it has to be oh, is it? the no. post office. Because I got a text from Amazon saying it wouldn't be here till Tuesday. Oh, yes. Right. And so, yeah. But I came home and it's like, your package of Microwave Massacre has been delivered. Yeah, they, so, probably, ju- they, they probably didn't realize that, they, that it might get there faster than, than they predicted, yeah. you know? Well, because you know they... Are, okay, you know, not a big deal. It's yeah. not like... It's not like it's Uncharted, you know, or a PlayStation, mm-hmm. you know. It's not something where the the studio is actually going to matter that much or care yeah, that I, much. I, uh, Meanwhile, the head of Arrow is know, just going like, Microwave ah! Massacre got released early to who? <laughs> That's the other thing. It is my, it's Microwave Massacre. I have no idea what it's about, but I bought it solely on the name alone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do that every once in a while with, like, Scream Factory well, ones. And we'll get to it later. The cover's a good reason to buy it, too. Yeah. Oh, I, I watched a Scream Factory one this week because of the cover. Yeah. Oh, so uh, excited. I know, I know about It's called this one. Uh, Destroyer. Are, 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 are we doing this? Okay, uh, this is the stuff we've been watching. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. So this week I watched a movie called Destroyer. Yeah. If 3,000 volts couldn't kill him, nothing will. Is this the one This is the one with the big muscly dude who's holding like a, what, like a jackhammer? Like a skeleton and a jackhammer. Okay, yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. It and looks th- like it should be a 3D cover, like a holographic yeah. cover. And then I'm like, man, this is like a slasher film and the character design's cool because the oh. poster is 
painted sweet. That would be really cool if it was like a hologram where we're just the jackhammer move. That would where be it was just sweet. like as you moved, it was like, and, you know. And, oh. and I bet you're hoping that the skeleton face jacked dude shows up in this movie, right? Oh, and then in the hologram, like yeah, he could he could be he could be fleshy and like a maniac, and then like scully when the when the jackhammer's coming at you. Yeah, like, yeah, that that's a cool well, cover. It's I'm, the movie's like the cover, right? I'm gonna disappoint everybody. Oh no, the uh. skeleton face jackhammer guy does not show up in the movie ever. Um, it's not even he's not like an extra in the back of a seat like he, no. he's just never there. Nope. Why is it that the cover then? Because the cover's cool and it makes me <laughs> want makes you want to buy the movie. Fair. All right, um, sure. Yeah. But in the the movie uh, stars Anthony it's, Perkins. It's like you think that marketing for horror movies is shallow and manipulative. I, I, I don't understand. Who Anthony knew? Perkins, really? Anthony oh, Perkins dude, is yeah. in it. I um, mean actually he's pretty good. Yeah. I mean he's he's not in it very much obviously. Um, does, does he have to break up the concrete with his own bare hands or something? Like, no, he's he's a movie director. Okay. And so, let me set up the premise does for this. Does he ask for toasted cheese sandwiches? Oh, no. Is it a horror movie about manipulative posters? It would be sweet if it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. We'll let no, you go fine. now. Um, so, in it, Lyle Alzado, who is an old Bronco, um, he actually died of cancer like three years after this. Oh, wow. Um, he plays like the the villain in it. Okay. Named... Something Ivan Moses? Skullface. Yeah, Skullface, because I don't remember his real name. Sure. Um, and he gets sent to the electric chair, and he dies. Yeah. Or does he? When he, when he gets electrocuted, is like, do you see a skeleton like flashing inside his body like that an old cartoon? That would be sweet, too, but it does not. <gasps> Damn it. Uh, so does he? Well, but when he, as he's dying, a riot breaks out in this prison, guys, and 33 inmates and 17 guards are murdered. That's a, that's a really malicious number there. Uh, yeah, I think it's the How right mean, number. Oh, okay. I think, I don't... The way you said it, I thought you were going to say, like, every five minutes somebody says, like, but 33 people died! <laughs> no, uh, so what happens is this <laughs> prison has to be shut down. Sure. Except for, uh, for some reason, the warden is still around, and the custodian, Russell... And the only reason I know that is because he wears a shirt that says custodian on one side and Russell on the other. Yeah. And... Yeah, and so it, it's the stereotypical, the warden is a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I don't know if Lyle Alzado's, like, stalker, like, slasher guy is, like, a wraith or a ghost dude or what, but he's... Yeah, like a ghoul, some kind of ghoul. Yeah, because his makeup's inconsistent throughout the movie, so there'll be times when he just looks like Lyle Alzado. Sure. And then the next time you see him, he has this really crappy, like... Uh, indentation on his head yeah. that you can see like they didn't blend in the makeup very well. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because it's in high definition why it looks worse. Yeah. Uh, and then the next time you see him, he looks like kind of like a zombie, but still like really ripped, like you know Arnold Schwarzenegger ripped. Yeah. Is it possible that he's like he's like Buffy style, where like sometimes you, like the ridge in his face comes out and he turns into a monster? Maybe that's, that's the what it is. Maybe okay. they never say it is, but maybe sure. that's what the no. filmmakers were going for. You don't need to. It's 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 visual art, man. You don't need to explain because you know uh, when Scream Factory releases these gems, all they put is like the trailer on it. <laughs> gotcha. Because <laughs> um, some, I mean, not all their movies. Obviously, they're going to put a lot of money into. Yeah. I mean, they put money into the restoration, obviously, but um, it's it's pretty cheesy. It's not unwatchable. I mean, yeah. there's. Um, there is a jackhammer part in it. Oh, he, oh, okay. So the jackhammer shows up. Yeah, and it's pretty gruesome. So, you know, there's that. Okay, cool. And as Anthony Perkins is put in an electric chair, and he gets electrocuted so hard his eyeballs pop. Oh, what? So you have that. And then there's, uh, Norman. <laughs> there's this <laughs> gratuitous 
women in the shower scene of course, where they're course. naked Cause and it's fighting. Because it's a prim- prison, and so it's got to be a co-ed prison. Yeah. Oh, well, so yeah. no, it's equal to hellhole. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. So, no, Anthony Perkins is shooting a women's prison movie inside this prison. Is it? Is it Sharkinsaw Women's Massacre? <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> I forget. It's like Prison Dolls or something is the name of the oh, movie he's shooting. Gosh. And there's literally a scene where That's terrible. Uh, five or six women are just naked fighting. Of course. And... What actually makes it funny is, so the lead actress in this movie is... It's a lesbian fight, callback. Of course. (laughs) A lesbian fight. And so what makes it funny, though, is the lead actress in the film inside the film is giving Anthony Perkins' director a hard time, and she's a horrible actress. Sure. And so so the one guy says, like, well, I guess we're not shooting the shower scene. And I'm not joking. Anthony Perkins like looks at the camera and he says, "No, people come here to see flesh. That's what we're going to give them." Awesome. <laughs> at least <laughs> he's aware. That part, I was like, "Did I, did I just watch that?" So I like rewound it. I'm like, "Sure, shit." Wow. He does like. Uh... So Zach knows you're a filmmaker. Yeah. So when you have like a, a three quarter shot on the actor, they're looking past the camera. Yeah. He's looking into it into it with one side and it's pretty funny oh, he broke <laughs> so fourth, like it huh? broke that fourth wall he did he's no he didn't yeah. break it he smashed it right. with he a did. fucking hammer he, he, <laughs> he did it so technically awesome yeah that it's like he knows he's in a piece of shit well yeah and he knows he's in it for just the money and he gave this look like with the left side of his face looking at the camera while his right one was still you know looking past it it was Brother, so he split the difference. He a did. Bit. It's like the most amazing piece of acting I've ever seen. I'm like, he's he's like doing both performances at once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is is the Bronco? Because you said you couldn't remember his name. Is his name the Destroyer? Nope. Is there someone called the Destroyer in it? Nope. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> oh, the custodian's his dad. Spoiler. Oh, alert. spoiler. Like that's the reveal. Is that? Yeah. Uh, the, oh, the custodian was my dad the whole time. Why was that? Mm, well, the writer of the movie is in this he's diner. He's also a custodian. You know, he's in the <laughs> diner where crazy <laughs> two fingers, I think, is his name. I don't remember. Crazy but, two fingers. Uh, I would say, uh, wouldn't tell him the story right away about why Destroyer Man <laughs> doesn't die. Yeah. And then he finally does. And he says, and you make sure you ask Russell. It's his daddy. And then lightning strike. I'm not even joking. I, wow. I, this guy had to come from like Roger Corman or something. Um, yeah, of course. That's but whatever. It's still fun. I mean, it's cheesy as shit, but it's one of those movies that's so bad that you have Anthony Perkins telling you it's a piece of shit. Dude, crazy Two Fingers would have been a good title. Yeah. Was, and then whatever poster you you make for Crazy Two Fingers would probably be cool, too. It's just a guy holding up a peace sign. It's like a con- <laughs> no, it's like a confused guy trying to figure out how to count a bag full of apples. <laughs> See, because he's only got two fingers. I also watched a movie called... Um... It's like one on each hand. He's just pointing with okay, both guys, hands. Okay, guys, the story. All right, all right, yeah, we're moving on with the story. What else did you watch, Ryan? Just kidding. Um, I watched a documentary that's on Amazon Prime called Nintendo Quest. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And it's about these guys, uh, this one guy... Who has 30 days to collect every original commercial release from the NES, the first Nintendo system. Awesome. 678 titles. And he can't use the internet. He has to drive from okay. game shop to game shop to locate these ones. Fascinating. And there, there is some Nintendo games 
that are almost impossible to find. The hardest one to find is called uh, Stadium Games. Huh. And it was, I don't know if you remember the power pad. Where you would run in place. I wasn't born. I, I wasn't Zach, born. You might, I, don't I know. do not Z- remember Zach's younger pad. than I am. That's right. So <laughs> the power pad, you would lay on the floor, and it had like the A and B button. Okay. And you would just run really fast on it, and your guy on the oh. screen would correspondingly it was, run. It was DDR. Exactly. Before okay. it, was, it right. came yeah. around. Right, yeah. So what happened with the stadium games is Nintendo saw it, and they're like, hey, we like that with our power pad, so we're going to buy that game, rebrand it as track and field. Sure. And the, whatever money they paid Bandai. But some of the stadium games cartridges got out, and okay. they said in the documentary, uh, this one Nintendo collector said that there's only six to ten known copies that have the box in the world. Wow! And they're selling it on eBay. They, they showed it on documentary seventy seven thousand dollars for this one game. Jesus. Holy shit! Um, so, anyways, it's following this guy going through. Does his the quest. guy have seventy seven thousand no. dollars? Okay. Let's um, <laughs> say this documentary might end before it starts. He was able to locate a copy of the game in Florida that had damage to the box, and the dude wanted like forty five hundred for it. Oh, okay. Um. So I, I'm guessing the seventy seven thousand is like uncirculated, for, yes, near mint, right, whatever yeah, it is. Like, um, or mint would probably be right. more apt term. Yeah. And the documentary is interesting. The only problem I had with it is, uh, they they didn't tell you how much he spent on the games. And I was reading an article about it. It's because the filmmaker didn't want people to focus on what he spent on these games. But I think that's pretty fascinating when, you know, because they only mentioned the price of stadium games. And then the other ones, like uh, this one he was really looking for, which was uh, the uh, Samson or something. Last Samson was his second most desired game. Okay. And they never said how much he paid for it. Yeah. And I think that's bizarre. I can understand not, like... Not talking about the price of all of them, but yeah, you talk about a couple of the first couple mm-hmm. that are really cheap, where it's like, hey, I found yeah. Mario Brothers, it's in okay condition, I paid six cents for exactly. it. Exactly. And then, you know, yeah, the the, the top couple, you know. Yeah, just let me know. In, a, in, a, uh, in, an, in an American Pickers America, uh, yeah. I feel like that's a thing that you should tell people. Just because it's interesting, right? It's a layer of the entertainment. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because this guy, um, he's really introverted. And he was kind of, you know, forced to go out in the world and haggle for prices, and it's something he wasn't good at. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so if, if haggling for prices is part of the entertainment, too, then, yeah, I need to know what the price exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> because that's what I mean. They would go to stores. Yeah. And he said, okay, well, um, I want these, but um, will you take – and he wouldn't even say. Like, the, the thing would cut. Oh, weird. It, it's really bizarre. Huh. Um, and, I mean, some of the games I know are really rare, like DuckTales 2 – Chip and Dale to um, there's a couple like really early original Nintendo ones that are pretty f- hard to find. Yeah. Um, but he um, it's an interesting journey. Yeah. And um, I mean, to do it that way, I thought it was really fascinating not using the Internet. Like you couldn't even use the Internet to go to game stores. He would have to find some other way around it. He needed. He had to get like a, a yellow pages to exactly. find out where all the game stores. In so his I mean, area that were. part was fun, and I because I'm a collector, I can relate. Yeah, being a completist, and the filmmaker also won't let him use the games he already had, so he had to reacquire them. Of course, yeah, I would have assumed. Um, but you know, some of them are pretty easy to find, right? And plus, the week beforehand, he went and sold them onto the pawn shop up in the street, and <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so it, it's a fascinating documentary. If you're a collector, it'll, cool. it, it held my interest long enough. Awesome. Uh, and the last thing I watch, actually uh, watched today is uh, It Happened One Night, which I have never seen before. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a Frank Capra movie. 
starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie is pretty amazing. It's um, still holds up. Oh yeah, it's uh, it, there's some lines in it that are so clever um, that you know I was I laughed out loud in an 82 year old movie. Right. Where uh, there, so the first time so the the premise is is Claudette Colbert plays this lady named Ellen who's a spoiled brat. And she wants to marry this one guy, and her father already had it annulled because her father's super wealthy and he can do what he wants. Okay. So it opens with them on a yacht in Miami. And so she gets mad, and she says, you can't tell me what to do. And she jumps off the boat and swims away. And so she's trying to get back to New York. because She, she wants... forgets who she is and falls in love with Kurt, with Kurt Russell. <laughs> Maybe Overboard is a remake of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't forget who she is. She, um, she gets to, uh, I, I guess she on shore in Miami where... Uh, Clark Gable plays a newspaper reporter who is like a drunk guy and uh, his editor's always fed up with him uh, and he gets fired and but he doesn't tell anybody else and the boy all he's like one of the boys and they all love him and uh, it's it's a really clever movie um, I think all Frank Capra movies are pretty great movies that I've seen I haven't yeah. seen his non-classic <laughs> ones but I don't want to just like just like Hitchcock you know I, once I get to like 65 with Hitchcock, I'm just going to decide I'm not going to watch any of his stuff. Um, Capra was one of the original message movie people. Oh, yeah. Especially during the war. They commissioned him to uh, uh, essentially choreograph, um, uh, fighter, uh, uh, not choreograph, I'm sorry, film and document uh, the naval planes uh, during World War II, like just training missions and actual missions and stuff like that. He went overseas and did it. Um, same with John Huston and a couple of other directors who were commissioned by the U.S. government. Some of their films are available, not all of them. But um, and then he went on and did It's a Wonderful Life and all those other films that we've come to know and love. Yeah, he just he just has a way of telling a story. I mean, some movies are timeless, and his th- these movies like his are timeless. You know, you, you, I could, I, I think it's two hours long. It moved really fast. The, the chemistry that uh, Gable and uh, Colbert have is amazing. And uh, they have these just, like, funny moments. I th- my favorite line in it is when uh, Clark Gable meets Claudette Colbert's character for the first time. He says, you're sitting on something that belongs to me. And implying her ass. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and she says, I beg your pardon. Da-da. That seat. I just fought for that seat. Get out of that seat. It's... <laughs> so uh, what's great about Capra in any of his films, even in It's a Wonderful Life or uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington or whatever, um, he plays on those jokes and lets them build that way. What's really clever. So when Clark Gable says that to her, he lets the film like stay for a beat. He lets the audience catch up to what yeah. is implied and get away with it. And it's really fun. Oh, that's cool. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's it's a wonderful film. And there's a really fun interview with his son on it, talking about how Claudette Colbert hated the movie, and she didn't. She's uh, when she was done with it, she told her agent that she just finished the worst movie she's ever been in, mm. and she asked for twice as much money, and she was only available for four weeks. So they shot that film in four weeks, and it went on to win um, best actress, best actor, best director, best picture, and one other one I forget uh, in 1934. So. Um, Maybe best film editing. I don't remember, but it's uh, it's a pretty clever little film. But you, but you you you, uh, you it won the you, big five. Yeah, screenplay yeah. then, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. You think it's a you think it's a wonderful film? It is a wonderful film. <laughs> is it a wonderful I just needed, life? I needed film. you to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because when Barnes and Noble had their fifty percent off Criterion's, yeah, I was looking for. I would just get ones that I knew I heard a lot of good things about sure. that I haven't necessarily seen, like The Kid. Um, it happened yeah. one night. The next one I'm going to watch is The Night of the Hunter. Um, oh, you're going to love Night of the Hunter. I know. I heard it's like the greatest horror film of all time. We'll mm-hmm. see. And uh, I really need to that's work through. That's debatable, but it's a good movie. <laughs> I, I have four Criterion Charlie Chaplin films that I own that I have never watched that I really need to like. I need to devote myself to like a week where I'm going to, you know, knock them off the list. Yeah, so I was doing, you know, my Disney thing, which I'm still doing. Um I'm up to Saladus Amigos, but I think I might do this thing called Ryan's Vault where I literally have I think 120 movies that I've bought that I haven't watched yet. Yeah. Not, not that I haven't seen. Right. But I've purchased you watched the Blu-ray yet. Haven't watched the Blu-ray. So I might put them all in like a box oh, and yeah. put live videos on like this is what I'm watching today and I just pull one out. Yeah. Um, I uh, I have about nine or ten movies that I own that I've never watched, I've never seen, mm-hmm. um, that I bought, you know, because uh, they're all movies sort of on my list of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so what I did to annoy myself, I turned them all on their spines so that they stick out about an inch and a half off the shelf um, just to make my Blu-rays look unsightly uh, in an effort to annoy myself to watch them, but it, it hasn't worked Tell too well. I'll just bring my kid over. Right. <laughs> I, uh, part of the problem is that about half of them are silent films, and you know I have to, I have to really like be in a place where I'm going to sit and all, yeah. this is all I'm going to do. I, I, um, will, I will say this. Uh, the last few silent films I've watched, if they're classics, oh, yeah. it's easy. I mean, how long is Phantom of the Opera? 70 minutes? Roughly. Maybe less. 70, sure. 75, I think. But, you know, so... Yeah. Even, like, The Kid, I think, is 75, I think, at the most. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, the performances are so good. I mean, how old's The Kid? 90 years old? 92 years old? Close to that, yeah. And but, it's it's a it's a stunning film, so... I have, the, I have the criterion for Modern Times, City Lights, nice. The Great Dictator, and... On Blu-ray? <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, one and more. And how do I get into your house? <laughs> uh, uh, my, you climb up the outside wall <laughs> to the second floor balcony. You dodge the uh, nest of wasps that are currently growing on the roof. Uh, and if you can get in the unlocked side door... Shit, I shouldn't have really said that. All everything I just said is completely true. God damn it! Meet a guy named uh, Hank. He'll take me. I, I got DVD the Great layer. Dictator on Blu-ray too. When uh, at the Criterion sale, I, I've yeah. seen it. Um, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather used to love those old movies, so a lot of them I've seen, but I don't. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what they were about, and. Um, and oh, and then I have um, I have Nosferatu and. Uh, uh, Hidden Fortress that I still have to watch as well. Nice. So, yeah. so yeah, that's what I watched this week. Cool. Zach, what have you seen lately? First of all, I wanted to correct myself. Um, Capra served in the U.S. Army Corps, Army Signal Corps, and he produced the Why We Fight series. Oh, okay, cool. So not so, the Navy. I just still, didn't want to leave that undone. Nice. Um, I didn't watch much this week. Um, I watched Suicide Squad. What did you think? <laughs> that movie's a mess. Yep. And, um, you know, like, I want DCEU to work, but not if it's going to be this. <laughs> well, I mean, 
I mean, like... It, the nature of wanting it to work means that it's not this, because this isn't working. The, the cast is fine. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. just given very crappy material to work with. Or they got chopped out of a very good movie. Yeah. I can't figure out which one it See, is. To me, I think it's the editing. Oh, yeah. I think the editing's the biggest issue. I felt the same thing about Batman and Superman. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that could be it, but... Regardless, this is what we have for now. Yeah, yeah. and the, what we have for now is not is is not is not promising. Yeah, the DCU's biggest problem is they don't let the filmmakers make their films. Yep, you can say that Marvel tampers with it, but when I close my eyes and I w- listen to Avengers, I hear Joss Whedon. When I close my eyes and watch uh, listen to Thor, I hear Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, big time because there is a scene. There's a scene where two dudes yell at each other on steps, and then one of them like, goes into a coma because his heart breaks. That's the most Shakespearean-ass shit I've ever seen! Ah! You can even go from there, and the scene where Loki and Thor are fighting, and Thor figures out Loki turned on him. It's towards yeah. the end. They're in that um, room that takes them to different places. Yeah. And The Rainbow H- Bridge. Yeah. Hiddleston's like crying while he's telling oh. him why he's... And that's what I mean. You don't DCU. They come in and and I've read on Hollywood Reporter, Variety, all these things that there is three different versions of this film. Uh-huh. The first version that tested well was too somber, and um, DC freaked out about the tone of uh, Batman, Superman, and the Man of Steel. And like, oh, we need to lighten it up. They don't need to lighten oh. it up if they tell a good story, right? I yeah. mean, and and it. As long as you are telling something character-focused, and, you know, the, the thing that a lot of the launch movies for Marvel did well is, and I'm, I, we're not going to talk about this in news, so, so I'll talk about it now, is that they picked, they picked lame villains to be the villains of the first movies so that that way they, they could spend all their time setting up the, the character and making you like the character, which is why when you tell me that the villain of Aquaman is going to be the biggest villain Aquaman, like the arch nemesis of, villain, of, of Aquaman, I go, <laughs> That movie's going to fucking suck, because you're going to take half the movie convincing me that Black Manta is amazingly bad. I don't give a shit. I think visually, Black Manta's a cool character. Oh, totally. I think, because uh, I, I asked Andrew, because I don't know anything about Aquaman, except he talks to fish, yeah. and he told me that he's not that great of a villain. What I would say is this. You could you put the character in there, yeah, but you make, them, you make that guy... Uh, like uh, like and, Hydra, and, right? Yeah. Like make him make him a guy who pops up, and he, you know, at, like near the end, you find out that whoever the real villain, or the villain of the movie is, was working for Black Manta the whole time. Because the only time Marvel's ever done that was Red Skull, and honestly, Red Skull's not as cool in the movie as he should be. Like Red Skull's well, kind of disappointing. And I've oh, I've said this many times on this show. Marvel's heroes are better than DC's heroes because yeah. they're better characters. DC has great villains. Yeah. I would argue... Uh, I mean... But it's not that you can't make but good you, characters out of those characters. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. You could tell good stories. You, but... Sorry, the, Zach. We've totally yeah. hijacked your... <laughs> no, but that's totally but fine. you can say... So the first Iron Man, the end fight is like, eh, whatever, you know, between Iron Monger and Iron Man. But what right. makes a fight great is uh, Obadiah Stane's relationship oh, with Robert Downey so cool. Jr. Right. Yeah. Because it's a good character-driven movie. Exactly. That's all uh, they need to do. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Sorry. Suicide so Squad? Zach, how'd you feel about Suicide Squad? <laughs> I was just about to. I was just about to pull up my thoughts because I can't be as. Yeah, you wrote an, you, you wrote an article about it. That, I, I wrote review. a review. Um, look, when I get antsy during the movie, it's a problem. Right. 
and I was getting really antsy about, I want to say about 30 minutes in. Uh-huh. Um, now, when, when, that being said, the Batman sequences were cool. Well, like, sure. I love those Batman sequences. Those were awesome. Those were probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. But, um, you know... It, the best really, scene, even when the best uh, scene in the movie is, Deadshot's kid stepped in front of him and said, "Don't kill Batman." Yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. That was a little dumb, but I liked seeing <laughs> Batman fight Deadshot for. a Oh no, bit. I cool. I agree. Oh, yeah, the it, scene where like I, my favorite scene is when uh, the Joker bails on Harley underwater, and, and she Harley wakes up, to, him, or goes to punch Harley. Batman, and Batman dodges her and just socks her. Yeah, I mean, I think that's cool. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, like. Look, I mean, like, this is what I wrote. This is just, like, ultimately, like, it's easy to nitpick the small things, but ultimately, this is my bottom line on this film. It's boring. It's just consistently boring. Um, I, it's, it's edgy, but it's boring. Like, does that make sense? Like, it can't be both. You can't be edgy and be boring at the same time. Right. I don't think that's a potent combination of any kind. Um, I did like Will Smith in this movie, though. He was funnier than he's been in ages, for yeah, the most part. Um, and um, Viola Davis kills it as I mean, Amanda Waller. Yeah. Oh, she's sure. a great Amanda Waller. Um, and I honestly kind of dug uh, Jared Leto's Joker. I just wish I'd seen more of him. Yeah, like if he had something to do. Yeah, so. Um, and then the last thing that I saw this week was, it was something that you guys were talking about that really popped up in my... Uh, uh, wheelhouse is uh, the shadow. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. you didn't. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun movie. I love the shadow. I can't believe we've never talked about the shadow. <laughs> that's another movie that's just made for Zach. Nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as you say Russ old McCallie, radio stuff, Russ McCallie was like, "No, this kid named Zach Eastman is going to want to see a shadow movie, so I'm going to make him a shadow movie." Oh, the studio's going to interfere. Well, fine. Well, I'll make the best shadow movie that I possibly can. <laughs> with, with, like, not enough budget and a bunch of dumb shit in it. But, it, yeah, it's fun. No, it, it's it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a fun movie. The villain is Shiwan Khan, the last descendant of De- Genghis Khan. The last descendant of Genghis Khan. And then he gets thrown <laughs> in a prison. A prison full of people who think Hey, if you guys want to see a good the shadow movie, watch Dark Man. <laughs> we were no, talking about I that agree. in the car. I will, uh, the only reason I will not concede that Dark Man is a better shadow is because Dark Man's a great Dark Man. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Just but take the not. fucking pink elephant. <laughs> <laughs> or is it purple? I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, um, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's fun. Is it good? No. Is no, it fun? no, it's not yes. good. It's, let me, is it stupid as hell? Let, yes. me, let me be clear. It's not good, but it's fun. <laughs> is, it good, is it good enough that Shout Factory made, made a release of it that I own? Yes, they did. Did they really? Oh, yeah. I mean, they also made a release for the Destroyer, but that's beside the point. <laughs> and I'm gonna and I'm gonna steal that one from you too, James. Yeah, you should. Um, um, that's all that that's I've cool. seen this week. Cool. Okay. James? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, I rewatched uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and that movie is really good. Uh, man, I I really I really enjoy that Star Wars is cool again. So anyway, um, then I I've also been rewatching. Um, uh, Avatar: The Legend of Korra, as, like before I go to sleep, and again that show is so amazing and so much fun, and like there's there's I haven't seen it in about a year and a half now, um, 
And so just watching through the first season, like, there's these badass... Like, episode five, the first time that, like, the the music really swells and Korra starts saving the day and, like, people are getting their powers taken away and there's, like, all of this synergy of different powers and people swinging off of Zeppelins and it's just this amazing action sequence uh, at the end of that episode. Oh, whoa, shit. Hi, Brad. Oh, man, he just snuck up on me. Who ordered the homo? Uh, and then, <laughs> wow. Um, and then, uh, apparently I did. The homogenized I, milk. Apparently I did, because as soon as I t- saw him, I took out my wallet and got 20 bucks out. Nice. Uh, no, I, he, I paid for one of his shirts. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, Legend of Core is still really good, uh, which, you know, the, uh, it's just a record, uh, or a, uh, a skipping record at this point about how good that show was. Uh, I know, and then the, back the, in 2012? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and then the very last thing is that this week at the Alamo, uh, director Richard Kelly showed up. And so I went and saw, on Friday night, I went and saw Southland Tales uh, with, a, com- or with a, uh, a Q&A with him afterwards. And then I went and saw Donnie Darko the next night. Um, so Southland Tales... Going in, I basically only saw that movie because I was amazed that they had it there. I have always thought that that movie is is just terrible. Um, genuinely one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, and not because it's like, is it Creature? No. <laughs> but it's so self-serious that it's frustrating, you know, and it's two and a half hours long of hey. really self-serious. Um and it's also really disappointing because I really like Donnie Darko, and so well, I was really excited for Southland Tales. Um, and then I saw that movie and was like, this is a mess. I'm um, no longer excited for Southland Tales. Right. But I had talked to Steve about the fact that it was coming out, and I was like, and he had never seen it, so I was like, okay, look, like, I, as frustrated as I, as I am, like, by the time the movie was going to start, I went and saw it with Henry, uh, which was really fun. He'd never seen it before. And I even told him, I was like, it's going to be really surprising if, like, I end up actually liking this movie, you know, seven years after it came out. Um, and uh, and I, I would say the first 20 minutes. seven years old? Uh, seven or eight, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it, so it, it was filmed in 2005. It released in 2006. So I guess, well, but it didn't really release until 2007. Um, and then, yeah, so I guess it's nine. Yeah. Um, you just forget how many movies The Rock has been in since he yeah. became a star. Oh, I mean, the whole movie, uh, he's, he's trying to, tra- to Travolta the entire cast. So the whole movie is um, SNL fans or SNL uh, uh, actors, uh, like Amy Poehler is in there. Um, uh, shoot, the guy, from, the guy from The Highlander. Um, man. And it, Isn't Sarah Michelle Gellar in it, too? Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it. Uh, Sean William Scott is in it. Um, Kevin Smith's in it. Justin, yeah, t- Kevin Smith is in it in, in old guy makeup. Justin Timberlake is in it, and it was the year that Alpha Dog and, and Black Snake Moan came out. Um, so it was it was also before he was popular. It was like right on the cusp of like mm-hmm. serious critics going like, "Hey, he's good. Uh, this is weird." Um, so it was very like ahead of its time for some of the casting, but also like it just the the rest a lot of the cast was just terrible. Um, but for, so for the first twenty minutes, I was like, "Okay, I'm kind of on board. Like, uh, this is better than I remember." Um, and then about the time that the second like chapter card pops up, so it, it's one. It's, it like starts on like chapter four uh, because the first three chapters are comic Tarantino books. It? Well, well, the first three cha- no, the first three chapters are comic books. Mm-hmm. So it's more. It's closer to Star Wars than anything else. Um, and so. Um, about the time that the second chapter starts, 
Like, no, it just starts fucking phone down, losing Brad. its... You've been gone the whole time, and as soon as you get here, just fucking tweeting up a storm. Man. By, by the way, I'm here. Uh, hi, hi, Brad. Hi, Brad. <laughs> um, so, uh, the... It, it just starts to go completely off the rails. Mm. It's so, like, full of political stuff that is just treated... Bl- terribly like there's no intelligent thought really behind it at times there are kind of neat ideas um but they're completely undermined by the rest of the film the movie is so so incredibly frustrating uh and it's two and a half hours long which is not good and then in the last like 30 minutes you find out that there's like time travel involved and you're like wait why is this bruh I can't spoil this movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to see it. Um, yeah, it, it's really terrible. But So here's the thing. What was fascinating was the Q&A afterwards, where uh, Richard Kelly is really sweet um, and yeah. was very honest about the movie and talked about like things that worked and things that didn't. And, but he also said, he was like, this is probably the, my favorite project that I've done. Like It's totally a labor of love. Um, he explained a lot about like how he was feeling at the time, and you know he's politically really frustrated and all of this stuff, and um, you know it, it just doesn't quite execute very well because it's not written really well, and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of great characters in it um, or great moments for those characters. And what what was fascinating though, listening to him talk was I actually just felt terrible for him. Um, like after a while, I, I was just like, man, like this poor guy. Makes right. this movie when he's... <laughs> so he was, he was a year younger than I am now when he made that movie. When he made Donnie Darko, he was 24. So if you can think about, like, here's this kid who went to film school, his first spec script becomes Donnie Darko, and it does terribly... It does exactly what you should expect it to if you're a first-time director and writer, um, where it doesn't do well at all in theaters, and then you walk into like a taco bar one day and they're like, yeah, we show the movie every Tuesday on the roof and it's to sold out crowds. And the next thing you know, like it's this huge movie. Right. Um, and so that happens to you. You get the money to go make another movie. You're trying to tell a really good story. You're trying to make an impact, but you're also 28 and you're, you know, naive and immature and all of this stuff. And, you know, people are probably trusting you more than they should. Um, and, one way or the other, like, you make this movie, the movie after this that you make is The Box, which is completely you doing whatever the studio wants you to, um, and you make a really mainstream movie that is fine. Like, it's a decent film. It's not what, amazing. What's that one again? I don't remember. Uh, that's it. the uh, Cameron Diaz movie. Okay, I know, I know. Movie. Yeah, about, like, if you, if, you take this, uh, if you take this money, or if you push the button, you're going to get all this money, but someone somewhere is going to die. Um, and and the, it, it was a it was a Richard Matheson no, uh, novella, and then it was mm-hmm. a Twilight Zone episode right. uh, called Button Button. Um, and you know he makes a decent movie out of it. There's some really cool stuff in it. Um, but then basically you get blacklisted for eight years, you know, which is just I mean the guy hasn't worked for a long time, and he's probably spent a lot of time going around defending this movie that he cares a lot about that <laughs> didn't have a huge budget and you know, is very broken, and he knows that, and he'd love to have the money to go recut it and do some stuff to it, but he can't, obviously. Um, and it just felt terrible for him. I was like, man, this is too bad. that Like, this guy could have been a Ryan Johnson, but, like, the, the, the whole industry has just sort of crushed him and chewed him out. Um, and especially it was even worse the next night when I went and saw uh, Donnie Darko, which uh, this was actually the first time I had seen the the original cut i realized that i had never watched that i only ever owned the i own the director's cut and only ever watched that version um and i don't like it as much uh but watching that movie for the first time in probably 10 years um i was like everyone else where when i was like 19 
I, I bought that movie and watched it once a month for a year and was like, this shit is amazing. Uh, and then I was like, this is annoying. And I didn't watch it again for 10 years. Um, that, that script is really good. Uh, like watching it again, especially the first 30 minutes and then everything that has to do with... It's not amazing because of Donnie Darko. It's amazing because of his parents and his sister. All of the scenes with that family are such rich, dialogue-driven scenes. Um, and there's all these amazing moments that are the kinds of things that I would expect from a much more mature, like, like little little quips from li- from characters that are like, I don't want to say, I don't want to invoke Shane Black, but they've got that kind of like smart, fun, but there's some a level of drama to it. Um, Mary McDonald's uh, uh, performance as his mother is just insane. It, she's so freaking good in that movie. I mean, genuinely, I would tell you, you should watch the movie again just to watch her because she is so amazing. And there's like the scene where, where uh, his parents go and talk to the, the therapist and she is on the verge of tears, but like trying to stay strong and trying to like push through and say like, I'll do whatever I have to do to help my son because I love my son, but I also don't understand what's wrong with him. Um, and it was also, so the Q and a for that movie was, was really fascinating. That was one where he was, uh, a lot bubblier and, and like I, that was where I like, I learned to like Richard Kelly a lot more again, where I was like, Oh yeah, like here you are. Now, now I see you as this fun, like smart filmmaker, um, talking about this stuff intelligently. And, uh, and the questions, I mean, there was one, it was actually really moving. There was this one guy who raised his hand and was like, yeah, I, my brother, became a paranoid schizophrenic at the same age Donnie Darko does in that movie, and I was basically Samantha's age, um, and had to go through all of that, and I was like, and he's like, this movie kind of wrecks me, because it is so accurate to what my life was, and your portrayal of all this, and so then it, it like, divulged into this conversation about um, uh, about mental illness and all of this, and it was just a fascinating conversation. Uh, the Q&A was so cool. Um, and of course, you know, the Alamo does a, a great job. I, I wish it could have been longer, uh, but then the Alamo also went and got a, a local artist to uh, draw up like a one sheet, like an 11 by 17 poster uh, that they printed a bunch of, and then Richard Kelly signed them for everybody who was at the showing, uh, and they gave those to everybody for free. Nice. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, it was a really amazing fun event that I, I was so glad I, I got to go to, um, even though it meant that I sat through two and a half hours of Southland Tales, only to remember that that movie is just trash. Um, but uh, anyway, that's, that's long-windedly everything that I watched this week. I never really got into Donnie Darko. Yeah. You really, I, I would genuinely say, I realize I don't own it anymore. I traded in my, blue, my DVD, but I, I need to get a Blu-ray. I would say I think you should watch it again and strip away. I agree. It is very much in the same bucket as like a as like a Boondock Saints, where like the the fans around Donnie Darko make me not like Donnie Darko. <laughs> Maybe that's what but it if is. If you can really separate yourself from that and watch that movie as for for what it is, um, which is a very like post Columbine, edgy kind of a you know kind of a film. Um, I think it's it's really amazing, and and just as a just as a family drama, I think they do a great job. Yeah, it's got like a freaky, you know, six foot tall bunny rabbit in it, um, but that's not why it's great. Um, in fact, Donnie Darko's not even why the movie's great. It's it's Donnie's family 
uh, and all of that, perf those performances that are just amazing. All right, um, I'll take your word for it. I haven't seen yeah. it in 10 years either. You so. really should. Yeah, yeah. Because um, even I, like, going in, I was a little bit like, oh, man, this, you know, like, am I, am I going to watch this now and be like, oh, yeah, this is a lot of just emo bullshit. Um, and it's not. It's super not emo bullshit. It's a cool-ass movie that is really tight. Um, especially the director's cut, which I wish I'd got a chance to see. So, uh, anyway, that's what I've uh, what I've been watching. Hey, Brad, you're here now. What I miss? What have that's you been it. watching? Yeah, what have you been watching? We actually, yeah, we we this is our first segment still. So okay, yeah, because yeah. we were waiting for you. You never fucking showed. But yeah, what do you mean I never fucking showed? I'm here right now. I know you oh, said God. you'd be here at eight. I know. Fuck, dude. I got stuck on like what? the last shot at eight o'clock. So yeah, I say fuck you, Brad. He just ran away. <laughs> he He's did. Like, Fuck he you, Dad. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Right oh, I couldn't room. hear him. Yeah. Uh, so well. what did you watch this week, Brad? Welcome. Hey. hey, hey welcome, really. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, yeah, so the Alamo, speaking of the Alamo, they had a Star Wars marathon at the Paramount oh, did you on go? Saturday, which I went to. Cool. And I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention to <laughs> the, because they've been advertising this since, I don't know, March? Yeah. April? And back then, I thought it was they were uh, advertising it as the original unedited. So I was surprised when I actually bought my tickets. Well, I bought my tickets and then realized that it's the special editions. Uh huh. Which, again, they make it seem like it's the 1997 special editions until you watch the marathon and it's the Blu ray special editions. Oh, yeah. With Return of the Jedi Dude. and Darth Vader going, no. There's, there's no way that, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Which, I was going to tell you the story of why I didn't buy tickets to that. Because I was literally on the screen, and then all of a sudden I thought, I wonder what version it is. And I went and looked it up, and was like, shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, was, I was fine with just, like, the 97 edition, but then I was oh, sitting yeah. there watching, I was like, oh, man, I really screwed up. <laughs> I, can, I can blink at the right time during Han shoots first, and I can, I can overlook the hear... campiness of, of Jabba the Hutt in the first movie, but... And uh, yeah, so the audience, you could hear them chattering about the Han shoots first, like here it comes. Um, and then the uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, like you could when, feel when the Hayden Anakin Christensen comes up, like the whole room just just fills with farts. No, they they audibly booed, like <laughs> oh! just a huge wave of boos yeah. when his Force Ghost shows up. Um, it's, so it's so demeaning. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate saying it, but I was, I was actually for forty bucks, I was kind of disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, it started out, one guy comes on stage, I don't know who he was, other than he was really? just a big fan. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm so excited to be able to watch this all with you guys. Um, I've been a fan forever, um, ever since, you know, 1977 when I was, yeah, that so whole story. It wasn't Walter or Steve? No, it was no one I knew. Weird. There was no, like, Star Wars-y pre-show thing. What? It was just the Alamo logo. What? Um, between each intermission, it was just the, the drive-in, like, refreshment jingle. Okay, mm. all right, sure. But not Star Wars s stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah. as it, you'd think, there would be some production value. At the very least, that. you go get the one from Force Awakens last year and play that again, right? <laughs> like, that would be easy. And it's basically it, what they did for, for Pete's Dragon was go play the Hobbit one with all the dragons in it. Like, there's so many Star Wars <laughs> internet videos they could have downloaded <laughs> and, like, cut together to be all these yeah. interstitials. None of that. Huh. Um, and the thing that really set, like, that set the tone for the evening was I got there... And I'm already pissed off because they're actually, like, scanning people and patting them down. Sure. Like, I'm pulling metal well, out of it, my pockets. It wasn't at the Alamo Draft House. It was at the it's whatever. At the, yeah, it's yeah, the, the Paramount, Paramount Theater, yeah. which I went to the Star Trek thing. I went to um, the David Cross thing. And it, 
you know, they just checked that you had your ticket. It wasn't like oh, cybersecurity. Okay. Sure. Cybersecurity, which is security. <laughs> um, but I, for Star Wars, for a Star Wars marathon, really? Yeah. Like, someone's going to bomb the Star Wars marathon? Well, did, did you, did you think someone... somebody's going to bomb the Star Wars marathon? Do you think someone would do something in a Batman movie? I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I understand. I mean, yeah. Um, or it could entirely be that there was something where they were like, mm-hmm. there was something said or something that happened where they were like, oh yeah, we we should we should ramp it up a little. Maybe, maybe they got a threat in earlier yeah. that day. Yeah. Um, anyway, so maybe that, if you stopped carrying a gun everywhere you went, it wouldn't piss you off so much when you couldn't take it into places. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so that was annoying. And then I go to get to my seat. Like the guy scans my ticket. He's like, okay, you're up in the mezzanine. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to be helpful. He wasn't trying to be right. Right. But that's uh, not the sir, only you're part. In the men- you're up in the mezzanine. I get to the mezzanine. I find my seat myself. And I start to like, because, you know, you're allowed to leave the theater to go to food and stuff. So yeah. I find my seat, put my coat on it. And as I'm leaving the mezzanine, some guy stops me. And he's like, uh, yeah, can I show you to your seat? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. I found it. He's like, uh, <laughs> well, it's general admission. So you can just go sit wherever. I'm like, wait, what? What? I paid $40 for a specific seat. I'm like, really? yeah. Anyone's going to, anytime, like, it's general mission now. We, we changed it. And so anyone can sit anywhere they want. And, like, so I could have paid $30 and sat down in front of the screen this whole time. Like, that's kind of shitty. Well, oh, was it, was it general admission for the whole place or just general admission for the mezzanine? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was the whole place. Like, because it was pretty empty. Like, there was not a lot really? of people here. Yeah. Really? I'd say there was maybe 100 people. It was very uh, light. Uh-huh. Like, I was one of maybe 20 in the balcony. Wow. So, but I don't know that. At that time, I think this whole place is going to fill up. So right. I'm like, yeah, you thought you were going to get jacked. So now I can't leave the theater because someone's going to take my seat. Well, I mean, you brought your gun. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to sit in this one seat for the next eight hours or six hours. Yeah. Two hours, yeah, six hours. Um, but you didn't. Right? No, but I'm sitting there brooding and like, okay, I'll wait for this fucker to fill up. And then these two annoying, like, middle-aged women. Women. Out of all the seats that were open, they They sat sat right next to you. Yeah, like one seat over from me. So there's a space. But still, it's like... Okay, that's not so bad. Except for they started fucking talking. Well, the movie wasn't starting yet. Well, they started going into the movie. They occasionally lean over and like... Something about, I love Star Wars, whatever. Or some trite trivia that... Brad, you, you having a bad day, buddy? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to relate. It's almost like you went to see Southland Tales. I, you, I don't know what's wrong with you. Maybe you should ask those ladies for a hug. Well, I got lucky because I moved. Whoa! <laughs> Sorry. I moved <laughs> up t- a couple rows up, and then about halfway through A New Hope, they got up and left. And left. I, don't, I don't know where they went. Probably like, get food. Fuck, this is a special edition. So we're going home. Yeah, they finally read a special edition. And so I went back down to my seat, and then, like, in between A New Hope and Empire, I went and got food and came back, which they checked my food <laughs> at the door. Did you put your gun in your popcorn, sir? <laughs> yeah, because I went to Red Robin, and, like, they put the burger in, like, one of those styrofoam uh, takeout things. Yeah. Oh, you brought in food. I brought in food. Oh, I went oh, out, okay. got it, and then brought it in. They only give you, like, ten minutes, so I was, like, right on the nose. Oh, okay. Um. And then within like five minutes of me sitting down and starting that up, those girls came back with, I guess they went to King Supers and got like bags of chips and... Hell yeah, that's how you roll! An entire picnic. So throughout Empire, I'm just hearing like... 
Oh man, dude, art, I'm so, I love the special editions more than the original trilogy. <laughs> I just, guys, I just want to say that when we decided to invest in a foley artist, I think it's the best decision we could have made. <laughs> Steve, the foley artist, is so good. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So yeah, there, there was that, and then like, yeah. That sounds terrible. But the meat of the movies is still there. Still good movies. I mean, these are first oh, world problems. Oh, I admit, for sure. For, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I'm just like, I, I paid like a premium for a lot. Of, like, yeah. Well, no, because you paid forty five dollars, which is a, it's not bad for three movies. Yeah. But they I mean, are like thirty is, years it is, old. It is like six dollars more than three tickets. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I also paid for a specific seat, which in the end it didn't matter. But it that was annoying at first. Oh that, yeah, no, that sucks. Like I. If I had known how things were going to shake out, I would have just gone to the front row. Well, or they could have... The guy, the guy could have said to you, it's undersold, so we went to general admission. So you, if you want to go sit down there, you can, because it's not going to fill up enough for the mezzanine. Yeah. Like, then, then it would have been nicer. Then you would have been like, oh, okay, cool. But what he said was like, oh, no, man, it's Wild West. <laughs> and you're like, I, I, no, I didn't pay for the Wild West. Yeah. So that sucks. Whoa. What is that? Man. So yeah, um, oh, it's Mickey Mouse. That was that my sucks. Star Wars. Yeah, I just I was, I know that is not an Alamo Drafthouse experience. That's for sure. Yeah, like and people were allowed to talk. Like there's no one policing phones. Like phones were going off. Like lights were popping did, up. Did they do the like, hey, this is a no talking theater thing? Uh, they did the uh, they did that recording of the girl who was like who called in like, how yeah, dare right. you throw me out of your theater? But that was the extent of it. Like there was no like, this is now a no talking theater. Like oh, that weird. was missing. Um. So I, I assume that people are supposed to get it from that call, like don't do this shit. But still, that's too bad. Um, yeah, it just, it just didn't feel like an Alamo theater experience. Like I yeah. went to a place where I was going to have a specific seat, not worry about it. No one's going to talk. No one's going to use their phones, and that wasn't it. So, would you say how was the actual projection? Because I'll be honest, like we oh. saw we saw Red State there, and I, I would never go see a movie there ever. Thank you for reminding me. It was a digital projection, but you know the Duh. Paramount has these two gigantic speakers on either side. And yeah. granted, I was like right on the right side, like the farthest right seat you could possibly get. So one of the theaters obstructed about 25% of the screen. Right. But the thing that blew me away was the sound was awful. Yep. The sound effects were the loudest thing. So John mm. Williams' score was very quiet, what? especially during A New Hope, like because it, it's in the center speaker. Oh, and it's the THX. Yeah. Well, it was the Blu-ray cut, so it should have been remastered, but... They didn't calibrate it for this theater, so right. I'm hearing sound effects and dialogue and music are in the center channel, and it's like yep, way lower than laser blasts and lightsabers, yeah, and Tie Fighter streaks. It was like, wow, did they not check this? Uh, te- te- technically, they're they're plasma blasts, though, just for the, for the yeah. Record. <laughs> All right, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was just this yeah. Anyway, that sounds pretty annoying. Again, yeah. it's a first world. <laughs> Thank you for making me happy about the fact that I chose not to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I told my, all my friends who were like didn't get to go. I was like, you didn't like you didn't miss much for what you were supposed to pay. Like you didn't miss much. Um, and as a as a guy who still doesn't own them, like I, I'm okay. And it's, it, it makes me rethink like ever doing an outside the Alamo event ever again. Yeah, I think that I think the outdoors ones might be really cool. Like on the um, lawn I've heard at awesome the Alamo. Stuff about that. Well, yeah, or like they do. They're doing them at the uh, at the at the airport now. Um, but those I yeah. know, those I know are for sure. Like those are run by the people we know at at our draft house. Um, so maybe that would be better. Uh, and you know, if you're gonna go see Top Gun outside at the at the airport at the airport, I'm probably not expecting like 
a completely silent and undisturbed experience the way that I would if I'm in a real theater. Yeah. Um, you know, then I'm just there for like, hey, this is like a fun thing we're doing. Is going to, you know, it's almost like going to see a movie at the Red Rocks, right? Which is also a terrible experience. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um. So I saw The Secret Life of Pets. Why? In front of my... So I saw Suicide Squad and Star oh. Trek Beyond again at the drive-in. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I thought the, you meant voluntarily. <laughs> and the lead into that was Secret Life of Pets, which... Yeah, the animation's pretty cool, but... Oh, okay, cool. Um, the story is just Toy Story with pets. That's too bad. And these two animals are thrown together, they don't like each other, and then they get lost, and they have to find their way back. Holy shit, it's totally just Toy Story. Um... And then Do they get abducted by some kind of abusive uh, they get No, they get caught by a dog catcher, and then when they escape the pound, they find their way into the sewer, and in the sewer they find a ragtag bunch of discarded animals that have been like tossed away by their owners um, or just never got adopted and yeah. roam the streets. And they're led by the bunny rabbit that's voiced by Kevin Hart. Oh, the one that poops itself. Yes. Yeah. Um. But the comedy gold. The disturbing part of it is how casually they treat um, racism. No, like extreme violence. So there's this whole scene where they pretend that they are two also like discarded pets. Okay. Uh, to get to curry favor with the group of these um, animals who have claimed like they would love to kill their owners. Um, in horrible oh, ways. So they're like they're lotsoing it from from Toy Story three, right? Like they're they're the big lovable like, oh, we're with you. We're the, I'm a I'm just a normal toy. And then it turns out that like, no, you don't get to leave because we're actually the bad guys. They're doing that thing. Yeah, but it's it's not as subtle. Like right right off the bat. Well, like, yeah, we. Hate, I wasn't assuming subtlety. Yeah, we're, we hate humans. Uh, do you also hate humans? Like, yes, we hate humans. They're awful. And so it goes into this whole scene of like. Well, if you had the chance, what would you do to your owners? You'd kill them, right? And then our hero animals oh, have it's to reverse. Oh, now I get it. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then our hero have to they have to come up with descriptive graphic ways to explain how they would kill their owners. Yeah. So they're saying and like, they're, "Oh, yeah, they're I dogs, would, so they could do it." Yeah. So they're sitting there going like, "Yeah, we we would totally kill our owners." And then the bunny goes, "Yeah, but that's boring. Like, take it further." And so the animals have to be like, yeah, we'd, 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 uh, we'd, you know, bite them. And the bunny's like, ugh, still boring. Take it further. And then they're like, yeah, I guess we would, we'd burn them or like, you know, shred their skin. Like it gets weird. I think the most egregious thing too was the theme song. You go to dog in me. (laughs) 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 Oh, you totally had me. I was like, Ryan, you saw this movie too? Man, everybody's going to see Secret Life of Pet. That was really good. I'm such a jerk. My wife wanted to see him, and I said, I'm not seeing that shit. Right. <laughs> and then there's like a part towards the end where uh, the bunny rabbit and the, the main, the Louis C.K. voice dog, I think it's Max. Oh. Um, they're thrown together. Like the after they escape, the bunny's been chasing them down to kill them. Um, but eventually they have to team up to get to their goal, which I forget what it is other than just getting home. And so the, they just arbitrarily hijack a full bus with no people on it. And they're driving it down, like, I don't know, the George Washington Bridge. And the bunny's, like, sideswiping all these cars with, like, humans at them. And they're, like, rolling around and exploding. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, that's disturbing. 
um, you know, huh. just that's weird. again casual yeah. violence. Um, and then it like rolls over, and then uh, the other like hero dogs they've been trying to track the other hero dogs. They all meet up in this big finale, whatnot. So, um, yeah, just yeah, the jokes are kind of like meh, and but the right. animation is pretty. Like the, the, a lot of the New York City scape is pretty detailed and cool. stuff like that. But yeah, the, I just didn't, I didn't really laugh at much. Sure. Um, I can't think of anything super clever. But again, all that just like wow, people praise these for like being really kid friendly. But if you're like really paying attention, it's not that kid friendly. <laughs> um, Murder, you know, leading up is. to like reading the comments, people are like, can you get Secret Life of Pets to the drive-in? Like there haven't been any kids movies there for a while, and like. You, really bumming us out that we can't bring our kids to these drive-in shows and they finally get this there and like probably a little <laughs> have more, them back not more violent than like ninja turtles so yeah yeah interesting Bunch of hypocrites um yeah and then the last thing i saw which i forgot from a couple weeks ago was i watched eraser oh hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah can we talk about the cgi alligators yes we can <laughs> which i forgot that movie about is amazing uh and then he jumps between that oh uh, and yeah, and a awesome. couple of the guys get chewed up. Yeah, there. right. So those are terrible. Jeez, oh. oh. poor Man. Reggie. Well, to, yeah, you gotta be nice dog to the dog. Hurt. Man, that's why the dog is gonna want to kill you when you're not around. Say you're sorry to Reggie. Say Aww. sorry, Reggie. Good. There you go. There you go. Man, oh. for those of you listening who couldn't hear that, it was adorable. <laughs> um, but anyway. But, but Reggie is hidden forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a racer and uh, alligators. Yes. Yes, and James Conn is over the top. Oh, so cool. Chewing the scenery. Uh, it's actually like one of my not favorite Schwarzenegger films. Really? It's okay. It's one of my favorite Schwarzenegger films. I think Schwarzenegger's really good in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that pulse rifle that they have. It's so is, cool. It's cool. Yeah. But, uh, but the rest of the movie's just terrible. Yeah, it just follows like uh, he's this. It starts out really cool. Like he's this operative that. There's like people in witness protection, mm-hmm. and and he erases them. Yeah, like they're being tracked down because I guess they their cover got blown, and as they're about to get murdered, Schwarzenegger like swoops in, kills yeah. those assassins, uh, burns their bodies, puts the uh, the people he's protecting their DNA on them. Yeah, pulls up the house, like gives them new identities, sends them off, and like that guy comes back later to help him because he owes him a favor. But eventually, like Schwarzenegger. Has to protect like Vanessa Williams, who's also, um, like she's got information. She's going to testify yeah. against somebody, and then um, it's like an arms dealer who's made this crazy lightning gun. Yeah, in order to like keep the contract going, um, his buddy James Con double crosses him and sets him up as uh, I forget like what he sets him up to do to protect this gun deal. Ah, but yeah, anyway, yeah, he just basically sells him out, and then. Schwarzenegger has to go rogue and protect Vanessa Williams and expose the gun plot. And then he kills James Caan with a train. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Because he, he and Vanessa Williams go to their van after the whole trial. Yeah. And they think the, you know, James Caan's going to get away with it and all of his like military buddies. Because the van blows up. And the van you're blows like, up. You're like, there's no way. And they think they're off scot-free. But yeah. then the guy who he helped out in the very first scene drives the limo onto train tracks. Yeah. And then those That's three... right, he can't get out. Yeah, like... they're locked. And then the train shows... <laughs> and then... And I think oh, thanks, Schwarzenegger, Steve, like, 
is standing next to the train tracks and he goes like, "You've been erased." Yeah, like, of course he does. His phone. Of course he does. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Uh, the nineties. I need to get that Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can find it cheap. I owned I owned the DVD for a long time. And oh. the last thing I've been watching is the Mary Tyler Moore show. Nice. Oh, cool. It's um, a great show. Yeah. Which I didn't really notice before, but uh, like in the third season, she goes back to her Dick Van Dyke show hairstyle. So it's like watching yeah. the Dick Van Dyke show in color. <laughs> and then um, I watched this amazing video of him play, of him singing uh, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with like a, an acapella group in a Denny's today. I saw I the headline. Was, yeah, that was really good. I haven't watched it yet, though. It was good. He's um, amazing. And there's one part in the show where uh, she has to... There's like this mandate from corporate to change up the format of the show. So Ted and Gordy have to team up to make the show more casual. I love Ted. And then, yeah, Ted Baxter. <laughs> um, and then Mary has to like do this side uh, bit about some kind of factual information. And so she spouts off this uh, uh, statistic that um, this is, I think, 1972 at this point, where she says something like... Uh, it's about overpopulation, and the statistic is that by the year 2000, there will be 7 billion people in the world. And I was curious. So I was like, I wonder how accurate that was. And I looked it up, and in, by 2000, it was actually like 6.5 million people. Wow. It was close. So, yeah, they were pretty close back then on yeah. that little estimation. So, good job, world, for not fucking as much. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, no, not count up me. I fuck all <laughs> night long. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that show's really uh, fun and witty. And on the bonus features, there's uh, these Mad Magazine cartoons. Mm-hmm. Huh. Or I've never really put it together before, but a lot of the cartoons are just like, I'm Mary and I'm changing it into a different outfit in each scene. And like a lot of them are really mean spirited. But I'm watching season three and like, yeah, she's constantly like changing her clothes or like. Going into her closet and like swapping outfits, and each scene she's yeah, kind of wearing different stuff. So they're not far off, but that's funny. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm Lou, and I get mad at everything. Funny. Yeah. Hey, I uh, I missed a, a quick detail on my Southland Tales. I went with a cousin of mine, um, and come to find out that she was in a uh, she was in a 48 hour film festival uh, movie, just like a little bit part. Uh, so she was at yeah. So she was and she was in Block D. And she and I told her I was like, hey, I, oh hey, did you did you see Thunderbolt two? And she was like, yeah, that was really good. I voted for that one. And so yes. there there you go, Brad. We didn't win an audience award, by the way. Doesn't so. matter. Doesn't matter. My cousin voted for you, and so she's the smartest person in the world. Which one was she in? Uh, she was a she was like a cheating wife. Uh, I think she made out with a she. There were like. Somebody with there were she said that she did a thing where they they took a bunch of photos with her and this other woman like pretending to make out, but then they didn't really use the photos very much in the in the scene. Is that the film that got cut off? Uh, oh, I think they did say that there was one there where it like she said that there was like a scene they didn't get to film or something like that. Um, anyway, I think it was like a de- I think they were uh, they were a detective one like they're like detective I think was their genre or something like that. Um, yeah, anyway, I mean, I we, saw, we can talk about it later, but yeah, I don't remember. No, I'm just, cu- yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. I mean, I saw like 50 of them, so a lot of them yeah. are detective, but sure. But it's Block D. Yeah, yeah. There's the one. I'm mean, Zach saw it. Like, uh, I guess they didn't master the DVD right, so it cut off in the middle of the film. It's the first time this ever happened. Oh, it wasn't that. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying this. There's this other one. They had to replay it after all the films, and like the the producer actually went home in between like Thunderbolt and the last movie mm-hmm. to get oh. their movie 
on it like its own thing and show it. So, that... huh? Because did they did they turn in a copy that was incomplete then? No, it was just. I... Oh, it was like the whatever Blu-ray they had made for the di- for the show. Yeah, and where they, they put them all it, together, and they just missed it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. That's so. too bad. Cool. Yeah. But anyway. Hey, buddy. Uh-huh. Uh, we're gonna teach you how to do foley. Kellen, why don't you tell everybody what Hulk does? What's Hulk nope. do? He is zoned. Spats. He he spatches. Smash. Hulk, <laughs> hey, Hulk spats. What, what's in, what's in real news this week? Yeah. It's real news. Hulk like spats. Okay, so I think they look good on him. Well, we're going to get democratic this week, so do you want to start with sad news or awesome news? I want to start with awesome news. Uh, sad and awesome together. I don't... <laughs> say the awesome stuff, but say it in a sad tone. <laughs> okay, this is actually going to be really good. So, unfortunately, um, Bad Boys 3 has got a release date, and the movie is going to be called Bad Boys for Life. No, no, say it sad. Uh, <laughs> I know you're excited. Uh, so that's too bad. Um, Rocco's Modern Life is going to get a a, a a TV movie, um, and that was a that was a cool show, and that was that was too bad. I, I just want to warn you: this is going to get really terrible when I have to be excited about sad news. <laughs> um, uh, John Williams is unfortunately going to return to score the next Star Wars movie, God. and everybody knows how much people hate his scores. <laughs> Do something different, old man. That's too bad. Um, uh, they're probably going to ruin the Deadpool sequel by casting Kyle Chandler as Cable, and I mean he's really Kyle Chandler's really talented, but but so that's too bad. Deadpool. Two takes place on a football field for like an hour. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I would fucking. I would. I would and love Cable that. just gives halftime speeches. Yeah. Uh, the captain of the Star Trek Discovery is a woman, and that's too bad. So PC. <laughs> Shit. This is so you awful, motherfucker. I don't mean to. They made me do it. Um. <laughs> Did you get the other uh, half of that though? Where um, it's not going to focus on the captain though. Like yeah, the main right. character is going to be a side. Yes. Truman. Yeah. Um, but still, woman. cool that or, or unfortunate, yeah. uh, whatever. Um, the Stranger Things soundtrack was split into two, and one half is already out. Uh, which that part's kind of happy, but the, genuinely, the sad part is that the second half isn't out yet. It comes out in a couple weeks, um, but at least now people can finally uh, uh, enjoy that. Uh, there's gonna be a Force Awakens. Oh no! Oh, hey guys. Disney's totally double dipping everybody and finally putting out a version of Star T- Star Wars of The Force Awakens on Blu-ray that's got all the content in it that you always wanted Yay. and the 3Dness that you missed out on. Yeah. Uh and the covers totally terrible. But uh whatever. And here's the thing, we're all going to buy it. <laughs> and we're going to totally spend 25 bucks getting it. I am, I don't care. Oh, I totally am. Uh all right, back to sad. Actually, I don't know what dun, the hell dun, this dun, one dun. is. Um I okay, actually yeah, okay. Awesome and sad at the same time. Anybody else watch the Resident Evil final chapter trailer? Because <laughs> yeah. that shit is amazingly terrible. It's so good. Um, yeah, I, I, I've actually only seen the international version. Ryan, apparently you got a domestic cut yeah. in front of. You know uh, what I'm excited about is Paul uh, W. Anderson. What? Right? W. S. Anderson is uh, 
he's finally making a movie where they're going underground and they have to find a way out of all these traps. Yes. I mean, he's never made a movie like that. No. So I'm really excited that it's funny when I was watching the trailer and the red rum fucking little English girl computer AI. I don't I forget. Yeah, right. Red Queen, I think is what they call her in the movie. Whatever. Um, She says, you have to go back to the hive. I'm like, of course they do. It's a Paul W. Really? Anderson movie, and they have to go back underground and fight through rooms. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's not in the international um, cut. Yeah, there's the laser room again. Yeah, I'm oh, pretty totally. sure. Oh, totally. There's a really, Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not every, as cool. You know what? I, if, if I want to torture myself, I'm going to watch all Paul W. S. Anderson movies. Don't do that! And I'm pretty sure almost... I'm going to say 98% of them deal with like an underground thing that they're trying yes. to get out of. And that at some point they have to go back into. Yes. In fact, the only one I can think of that... Two that I can think of, even though Event Horizon... Event Horizon is basically that in space. It's in, but they're on a spaceship. Right. There's no ground, and so I they think, do the best they can. And it, there's, it's not in Death Race. True. So I, that's the only but one I can think of. But they are locked in a prison. Okay, so... It's, it's ostensibly the same thing. Yeah, I guess but so. But they're not underground. I haven't seen The Three Musketeers, so I don't know. They, they do go underground at times. I don't remember that film very well because it is trash. I, I mean, I know so, it's in Alien vs. Predator, so... Yes. Yes, so it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through his filmography. I'm pretty please, sure that's please his. Please don't. He's like don't the laziest writer in. I want you to live, Ryan. Just watch <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, hey, you're a pimp, and pimps don't commit He's suicide. the laziest writer. I think visually, I, th- I still think he's a pretty cool director, but uh, he's pretty lazy when it comes to writing. Yeah. I've never seen any of these movies. Is it best to watch them in a basement? Yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> to get the full effect? Make sure you don't have a 3D Make sure you no. have to. It's really complicated if you want to go get a drink or a snack. That you have to like do a series of like jumps and key cards. Yeah, I, I, w- I mean, no, th- the best case scenario is to watch them in like god awful 3D in a theater with a bunch of drunk assholes. Like that's the way they are meant to be experienced. And that theater <laughs> is in a basement because they sure. have to be underground. Yeah, well, it's definitely dark in there. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> seriously, the 3D on uh, on Resident Evil Afterlife is the worst 3D experience I've ever had. <laughs> It's so bad. And every time you know I see cool? that dude, I'm like, he's married to Mila Hovovich, and it's yeah. kind of sad. You know what's really great on 3D? Muddy water. Just putting the camera underwater and filling the water with mud. <laughs> it looks so good on 3D. Um, they are one of my guilty pleasures, though. I'm probably When I saw that trailer, I'm like, I'm going to watch all those movies again. Oh, yeah. I own all of them. Fuck They're terrible. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, <laughs> Getting back to news, though, uh, very last thing that I have, which I won't jerk around with, is uh, uh, Kenny Baker died this week. Um, oh, my was... God. They killed Kenny. I... <laughs> you <laughs> bastard. I just said I wasn't going to joke. Uh, he was 81 years old. So you Are can't... you sure? I saw one Wait. article that said he was 82, and another oh. one said he was 83. Okay. I thought you were, were... were going to say, are you sure he's dead? Well, mine said like... 84. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck old was this dude? Well, The thing you should take away, great though, run. is that... Yeah. When he was young, the doctor said, like, you're probably not going to live past your 20s. No. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, kind of like this kid. Uh, <laughs> His new thing is he spins around and falls down. <laughs> He's figured out how to make himself dizzy. Yep. That's funny. Um, but, yeah, Kenny Baker. Yeah. It's too bad. Good run, though. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, it was hard not to think back to the, how amazing it was at, at Denver Comic-Con this year to have those guys uh, from R2Tim come up and... and uh, hang out with their R2-D2 for a while, and you just realize like how you see that thing, and it is 
100% alive. Mm-hmm. Like, built into your, the way you, you interact with, with Star Wars is this idea that that is a living, breathing, personable thing. Um, and it's, you know, all, all attributed to, to that guy yep. basically hanging out in a trash can all day and sweating his balls off, uh, which was probably a terrible existence. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, good for him. 80, somewhere between 81 and 84, Kenny Baker. Yep. And that's news. Blu-rays. Uh, oh, fuck what? What, did I, I miss them? I, I know we talked about uh, making a murderer before. Uh, oh, oh that's yes. right. Yeah. Uh, shockingly, they overturned the uh, younger one's convention yeah, Brent, and yeah. he's out. Yeah, Brenda got let out and then, uh, yeah, so of course that means, you know, who, who knows what happens next. This is one of those things where the sequel season of that show might not have any real, like, twists in it because everybody's paying attention. Right. Um <laughs> But uh, but it'll certainly be interesting to learn like a lot of the details and see the behind the scenes on it. So well, I would... uh, because of my career, I can tell you that they made a lot of mistakes in um, the uh, investigation. Well, yeah, not not necessarily saying that uh, those two didn't do it. Oh, hundred percent, right? Um, I'm actually surprised that he w- he's been in prison as long as he has because you can't. I won't get into it, but anyway, there's a lot of things that you can't do. That I was watching it, and I said, "What the you can." You can stay on somebody's property for that long searching for something. All right. A lot of rights violations. Yeah. Yeah. It's unusual. Yeah. It's one of those where I... It's very close to Serial where it's like, I'd love to know what really happened. Um, I'd love to know that those guys didn't actually do it. It certainly seems to me that they didn't from the thing... From the documentary that I watched that could could or could not be biased, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I... I can't actually have a dog in the race because I'm not on the jury. Um, yeah, but, but at the same time, like you just look at the way that it was handled and you yeah. go, there's something broken here, and, and I can't understand how a conviction would go through because it seems so yeah. underhanded and weird. I know. I watched the, uh, the follow-up that the, prosec- or, uh, yeah, the prosecution did. is like on um, Discovery ID. Yeah. And their, their arguments weren't that compelling to me. No, no. So, it's not. Good. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, some poor woman was murdered, and yeah, the, the because of the inability of uh, the the city that they lived in, Manitowoc, Manitowoc, uh, it county is that poor woman will never. Yeah, and now, yeah, now her death is is entertainment. Yeah, so it's uh, a it's been sidelined for like the larger story of exactly Avery. about how inept they were in right. their investigation and this guy who may or may not have done it. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's fascinating. It is. For sure. So uh yeah, good 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 pull, Brad. Hey what's coming out on Blu-ray tomorrow except I got mine today. Yeah. DVD releases and Blu-rays. USPS was it, delivery in your favor. Uh was it the Angry Birds movie? Oh because that comes yes. out tomorrow. Uh no no well, it wasn't okay well that's good because we I might have to stop might being be worse than Angry Birds I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is we'll we'll get there uh, Angry Birds the movie that stole all of the nice guys money um, <laughs> God's Not Dead too which didn't steal anybody's money God's dead not deader he surely yeah. alive <laughs> um, uh, oh uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai um, which is a shout. Yeah, but it's got like a co- it's got like a cool little Shout Selects logo on it. What does that mean? Uh, Shout Selects is uh, cult movies that they're releasing as it's like Shout's uh, Scream Factory Collector Edition stuff. 
Huh. So I think next in two weeks, Roadhouse and then Bill is and coming Ted. out, and Bill it, and Ted. Yeah, it's yeah. got a number one on the end. Does that mean like like the collection is? Like yeah, you put them in numerical yeah. order. Yeah, yeah remember the old like uh, Fox. Yeah, ones. collector's edition. Yeah, Fox it's ones. like the old Fox ones. That's kind of cool. Outs. Do you see? I think it's Lionsgate's doing like a Vestron video yeah. line. Huh. Like, I can't wait for chopping them all. Man, that's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, it's a it's Blood a diner. <laughs> it's a cool looking cover there, Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, not as cool. Uh, Gotham season two. There you go. Uh, even less cool. Once upon a time season five. Uh, a lot cooler than all of that. Uh, Hell on Wheels season five, which man, I should just go buy all of those. Five and... seasons of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when you spend a lot of money to build a small western town, you make some seasons. <laughs> I haven't heard of it since three. <laughs> yeah. I, I I fell off somewhere in three, so I need to I need to pick it back up. Uh, Raiders: The Story of the Greatest Fan cool. Film Ever Made uh, is getting its Blu-ray release this week. So if you were interested in after Brad's review of it a couple weeks ago, then now is your chance to check it out. Um, all right, we'll run through the next four really quickly. American Ninja and American Ninja Two and American Ninja Three: Blood Hunt and American Ninja Four: The Annihilation. Uh, if you watch uh, Electric Boogaloo, you'll want to watch those movies because <laughs> yeah. I am tempted to get them after watching that documentary. Yeah, because they're That's so awesome. insane that I'm like, mm, sounds like something I want to watch. I think they show clips from American Ninja Four in like one of the Alamo pre-show things. Oh yeah, it has like this one guy fighting. Uh, you know, like a hundred ninjas. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's right. I that's think that's a like, documentary too. Yeah, yeah, like he crawls, like he's jumping from tree to tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then the very last thing, which Ryan has already received in the mail from Arrow, is microwave massacre. I have no idea what it's about. Uh, it's about uh, an army on... of microwaves. I that know it's get a killed. dude who's a cannibal who cooks people in a microwave. Yeah, the um, cover is pretty amazing. Uh. Purchased for the name alone. <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. So it's a uh, very like simple-looking microwave with way too many buttons. Um, and inside is this bubbling head, and one of its eyes has popped, and smoke is coming out, and, and it's looking at you. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that means that like if you it's an evil mic it's like the event horizon of microwaves <laughs> where like or if you cook a head in it the head comes back to life bed, and uh, attacks the you bed that kills people yeah <laughs> um, by the title theoretically it should just be like people who are abusive to their microwaves uh, and don't clean them often enough and things grow inside and just the like an extended scene of, of that office space the space. Where they're bashing yeah. all the electronics, but well, with microwaves. Yeah, or it's like uh, it's like it's it's basically like Toy Story, but with microwaves. Where like after you leave, like the, brave little toaster, the microwaves. Yeah, oh yeah, but they're all just terribly abused because you don't clean them often enough, and <laughs> your toaster oven can't breathe because it's full of crumbs. Yeah, they're, it's like anthropomorphized. It's like coughing and wheezing. Yeah, and then they fuck it. They they come together and they kill you and they microwave your head. They shoot gamma rays at people and their heads explode. Oh yes. <gasps> We need to make this movie. <laughs> Copyright Real Nurse Podcast. Right. <laughs> this science is accurate. Right. Anyway, that is what's coming out on Blu-ray this week. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, James went and saw Pete's Dragon. James, should people go see Pete's Dragon? Uh, yeah. Um, I, it's not as good as the Jungle Book remake or the uh, or Cinderella from last year. Um, but I think, especially if you're looking for a, a fun family film... Uh, I think that they do a, a, a good job. It's a it's a fun little adventure movie. It's definitely got its moments where it's 
kind of saccharine. Um, it's very by the numbers, so you know what's coming next. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time. And honestly, after I was just in a place where I wanted to watch something good and charming, and that's exactly what it delivered. Um, so, yeah, if you want a good family movie, you should go check out Pete's Dragon. Here's the trailer for Pete's Dragon. I was out here at the Eastern Pad. But that's... 50 miles east. ...from where we found him. Hey. Wait, 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 wait. Do you know where your parents are? Your family? I guess he was on a picnic or a camping trip. He wandered off and got himself lost. Been out in the woods, doing things his own way. Sounds like a boy after your own heart. How long has he been out there? Six years. Nobody can survive in that forest for six years. At least not alone. Lucy, I have Elliot. Who's Elliot? I need to get back to him. He gets scared when I'm gone. Is Elliot a person? No. He looks like a dragon. What's a dragon? This thing is capable of. Let's go hunting. You're very brave. Did you know that? You might be the bravest boy I've ever met. So what happened was, uh, what what happened uh, was that I talked to Henry when I was going to see Southland Tales, and I think a combination of between like Suicide Squad and then going to see Southland Tales, and then talking to Henry, and Henry was like, "Yeah, like he'd gone to see Sausage Party, Sausage Fest, Sausage 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 Party." And he was like, I didn't really like it. And I just got into this funk where I was like, Saturday morning I woke up and I was like, I, I don't want to go be frustrated by a movie. Like, I want to go watch something charming. Um, so I texted Rafe, who, who I had talked to her the night before, and was like, hey, do you want to just go see Pete's Dragon instead? And he was like, sure, why not? Um, I think I saw Pete's Dragon, the original, maybe once when I was a kid. Um, so it wasn't like it was fresh in my mind. Um, but I thought like, Hey, jungle book was really awesome. Love Cinderella. Like, why not give this thing a shot? Uh, and I thought the trailers were pretty good. Um, so Pete's dragon, I won't waste too much time, but tells the story of a kid who in the opening scene of the movie, which is maybe the one reason to not go see this movie. If you have little kids, uh, like you totally shouldn't probably take Kendall and I wouldn't tell my, my niece to go, um, is this little boy who's about four, is in the back seat and a deer runs out into the like there's it's this adorable scene with him and his parents and like his parents are so loving and wonderful and they're talking about how 
like he doesn't know what the word adventure means. He's reading this book and he doesn't know what the word adventure means. And his dad explains adventure to him and then tells him like, you know, if you're on an adventure, you really you you got to be brave. Uh, and then a deer runs out in the middle of the street and the car wrecks and turns over. And then you have this scene where like this little boy, you you're hearing him like crying and he gets out of the car. And, like, you know that his parents are dead, and he packs, like, his backpack with the stuff he had in the car and walks out into the woods. Jeez. And you're like, holy fuck. And then he gets, he gets, like, hunted by wolves for a little while until Pete, uh, or until uh, Elliot, the, the dragon, shows up and chases off the wolves. And you have this really adorable scene where Elliot comes in and has saved him, and the, and the kid goes, the kid asks him if he's going to eat him. And Elliot doesn't talk in this movie, and uh, or thankfully sing, and um, he just like pushes his backpack back to the kid. Uh, he picks it up and then he like puts his paw down, and the kid gets up in his paw and he just like holds the kid super tight to his chest and flies off. And you're like, holy shit! Like <laughs> this is this is terrible. Um, shit just got real. And then six years passed, and uh, and he. Uh, Pete, the little boy, has now turned into the little boy from Room, um, where his hair is super long um, and and un- and ungangly, uh, and he's living in the woods with with his his dragon that can turn invisible. And then Bryce Dallas Howard shows up, and her dad is Robert Redford, and she's he's like, cute. yeah, and and he's he tells stories. He's handsome, he, yeah, oh yeah, he's amazing. He's not in the movie enough, but uh, he tells like neighborhood kid stories about this time that he ran into a dragon in the woods. And he like carves dragon into wood, um, like into wood statues or whatever. And um, and then she like long story short, there's like there's guys who are cutting down the woods, like a classic '70s Disney animated movie where the woods are always in trouble. Um, and uh, so they sort of stumble into the area where Elliot and Pete live. Um, and of course, you know, then Pete goes with the humans for a couple days and. And it sort of breaks Elliot's heart, and they have to figure out how to reconcile. Because part of the story that's going on is like, Elliot is is clearly just as lost as Pete is, um, and so you know it's it's really about how how do these two people find their family again? Um, and it's just adorable and charming. And there's some really badass scenes where like um, Pete is in town and he escapes, and he's like jumping up onto the top of like school buses parkour and, yeah oh yeah he's, he's he fucking he parkours off of one school bus and onto like a truck and you're like this kid is 10 um <laughs> but it's cool um he just needs a mommy uh so yeah I, I just i thought it was really enjoyable and um it yeah it's it's very on the nose um and at times emotionally manipulative uh but i think most of the performances are really great and and carl urban is pretty fun because uh, carl urban plays like the 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 mean the mean guy who cuts down all the trees and he just wants Fucking to catch dick. the dragon it's yeah probably some republican uh whoa 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 <laughs> uh and then of course you know it's a it's a it's a good disney movie so he's got to learn by the end like oh the dragon is good and maybe mm-hmm. i should leave it alone uh so yeah it's really it's really great and of course you know robert redford is is robert redford man he's really good so yeah i i, I thought it was worth it so cool. good on them the rest of us saw sausage party Zach, should people see Sausage Party? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it was fun. Glowing endorsement, Zach Eastman. Yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? What the fuck else are you going to do? <laughs> Brad, should people go see Sausage Party? Uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I feel like there's something missing from it. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't quite p- place my finger on it. It's just something didn't quite 
add up. I, I'm thinking maybe it's uh, well, we'll talk about it in the in detail. Cool. Uh, it's kind of spoilery. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. There's some funny parts. Uh, you don't have to rush out and see it. I think you can rent it. Um, but I mean, I did laugh at some parts. I think uh, Kristen Wiig was really good in it. Um, yep. Here's a trailer for Sausage Party. Welcome, shoppers. Ketchup, mustard, oh, sausages and buns. I can't You and me. I'm so happy that God's put our packages together. Because we belong together. It's like we were made for each other. Get ready, boys! Feels amazing. Oh, yes! I'm the first to enter eternity. Oh, potato! Way to go, buddy! The pipes, the pipes are called... Oh, Jesus, me eyes! Oh, oh, me skin! She's feeling me skin! I gotta tell everyone. Everything we believe is a lie. What if the gods are doing this to us because we touch tips? <sighs> it wasn't even that. I mean, it was fine. It's not like anyone writes home and says, oh, God, I had the best tip. Shake with your mind. Run, guys, run! I hate you. Overstated. Sorry, I accidentally dropped a few things back there. Hey! I'm gonna fix you! I'm gonna fix this! Welcome, shoppers! Ketchup, mustard, oh, sausages and buns! I can't Hey, look at this! We've got one! Oh, yes! We're chosen! Oh, yes! yes. Yeah, yeah. We've been chosen together! <laughs> hey, Brenda, you and me. I'm so happy that God's put our packages together. It's because we belong together. It's like we were made for each other. Get ready, boys! Oh, feels amazing! Oh, yes! I'm the first to enter eternity! The pipes, the pipes are called. Oh, Jesus, fuck! Oh, gummy skin! She's peeling me what? fucking skin! Stop. Fuck! Oops. They're eating children! Fucking children! Terrible 
truth. I gotta tell everyone. No one will believe you. I have to try. Everyone will die otherwise. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Fuck me, right? Shake with your Run for your fucking lives! I hate you. Ah. Overstated. Ah. Once you see that shit. It'll fuck you up for life. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> I mean, the trailer pretty much tells you all you need to know about the movie. Um, food thinks they're going to go to the great beyond, and they look at human as, humans as gods, and when they're selected, then they go to the great beyond, and it's going to be wonderful. Then they find out that it's not. They get murdered and killed and eaten. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the whole premise of the movie. And it's also about uh, wanting to hook up. Like, the first five or ten minutes is Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig talking about when they get out of their rappers, what they're going to do to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they do just the tip. It's it's funny. Just the uh, tip. Yeah. Um, I think like right out of the gate, it's so raunchy that there's nowhere to build to. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of is on a steady plateau. Of... It just like starts at eleven and then it just stays there. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, rarely because... does it go down or. Up. Yeah, there's parts. Like, I remember there's really clever parts in it, but I can't remember them. Yeah, it's really it's really fast paced and the the jokes are rapid fire. But like, yeah, like the the raunchiness is at a steady. Except for the very end, where it just like suddenly goes to a four hundred. Uh, is that when the orgy happens? The orgy scene, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but like, <laughs> so that's like the, so that the humor's super even. The, so the more interesting arc <laughs> is the actual tearing down of religion that it does. Okay. Wait, um, you think the orgy scene is where they turn it up to four hundred? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the decapitated head that turned it up to 400 for me and kept oh, it there the rest nah, of the time. Man. That was fine. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, they killed him. <laughs> then they yep. just reveal it's like one happy accident. But still, I was just like, there's a severed CGI head in front of yeah. me right now. If there's like a blood splatter like coming out of it constantly and like his eyes sunk in and his brain rolled out, yeah, probably. But <laughs> it was basically like a dummy head um, to me. So it, was, it wasn't that shocking. I mean, it was odd. It, it has a really good premise. The problem is, is that I don't think it is confident enough in itself to be its premise, so therefore it relies on its jokes more so than its plot sometimes. But that's just me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, the... Because they're on this verge of this great like religious allegory, and then... Uh, it, but it but it's overwhelmed by how many jokes can we make about food? Yeah, I you know the but the thing with uh, the yeah the severed head didn't do anything for me because Michael Sarah's performance there was really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he's like, oh yeah, he's dead. He's fucking stupid. <laughs> Let me <laughs> tell you how he died. Figure out it was him. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, the, like I said, there's really clever moments in this movie, but I can't remember them because I think you're right. I think the opening just hit, was so hit 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 hit. Um, yeah. And then, like, it opens with this big musical number, so it's like <laughs> by Alan Menken. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's really big out of the gate, and then yeah, it's it, like all the characters, like all the characters, like swear constantly, like it's you know fuck this, fuck that shit. Um, so no one like no one really has like a different yeah way of speaking, um, except maybe Kristen Wiig's 
probably a little more yeah. chaste. She, she kind of reminds me of uh, her character, though, from MacGruber, where she yeah. just, just sings random things. She's really naive. Yeah. Well, I guess all the characters are really, really naive until, like, Danny McBride is... The, oh, was, Danny McBride was great. He was probably my favorite, the Honey Mustard yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, you're just getting cummed in your face, cummed in your face and your eyes, and you can't see anymore, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> just like, this is the end. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically just being this is the end guy. But then, at that point, I was like, I know that he's going to fall off and explode and hit yeah. the ground. It's, like, going to kick off this thing. And, yeah, the, you kind of saw in the trailer where they do the... Saving Private Ryan D-Day. Yeah. Omaha the Beach Oreo thing. picking yeah. his back up. <laughs> Though PB, PB and J and PB is holding J, the, the dead je- jelly in her in his hands going yeah. like, I'll make it better. I'll make it better. The can of soup's trying to pull his, all his noodles back into his stomach. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's some pretty clever moments. Huh? That's And the thing I didn't see coming was that the villain is literally a douche. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> a douche. And I was sitting there the whole time trying to figure out like, who I'm are all these voices? jacked. <laughs> Dude, I just want to get I up in there, bro. I nothing but tequila and Red Bull. <laughs> I suck some juice boxes, dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Literally a, yeah. a, a and, yeah, bottle and, of douche. And a lot of time, yeah, I was just sitting there thinking, like, Who's, whose voice is this? Yeah. Until, like, the very end, thankfully, they... It was Nick and Kroll. I, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't know who it was, too, and then they put it... Towards the end, I'm like, that sounds like Nick Kroll. Yeah, and, and I was then, bl- blown away by Bill Hader was, like, those yeah. other two characters, Firewater and... <laughs> Firewater yeah. and the Tequila. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, I didn't... Like, he would disguise it so well. And Craig yeah. Robinson was the grits. Yeah. He didn't even sound like Craig Robinson. Yeah. He, His moment during the orgy was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Take it all, you fucking crackers. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny. I was I was pretty impressed how many food puns they got out of that movie. Yeah, I was. Uh, my favorite food puns were if you looked at the wrappers and stuff for the foods, were were really clever. Um, yeah, I can't I can't remember because there's so many of it, but yeah, yeah. So it's funny and how they get all the human seed bath salts. Yep, and they the bath salts <laughs> triggers them to be able to be able to see their food world. Yeah, it freaks them out. I don't know. Maybe there are a couple moments where this movie goes up to four hundred and then just dips down a little bit, but then it goes pops back up to four hundred. Because when I heard bath salts, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then James Franco was funny as the drug dealer, or the druggie. Yeah, I guess I should say. Um, but I don't know, like. I guess I was, I was hoping that this film would be like some kind of like breakthrough, and it wasn't. So it was just kind of there for me, but it was still fun. Yeah, I had fun. Like I said, I don't think you need to rush out and see. I think you can rent it. Yeah. Um. And then you know, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh next week are we seeing a movie? Or are we just doing our? Uh, Kubo. It's Kubo or War Dogs. Yeah. Kubo. Okay. What's that next I'm week we're seeing go, a movie, I'll and I'll we also go. have a... It's up to you guys. I will probably go see both of them, so... Uh, we also have a special Real Nerds podcast next week as well. Um, what? Well, hopefully it'll come out next week. However soon we can get it. We're, we're definitely recording something yeah, really special next we're week. Yeah, recru- we're recording something special next week, so... We'll let you know when it's done. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. What are we doing the week after that? Because maybe we should start. Are we going to do Film Slows in 2006 for these upcoming September weekends that are. Uh, we can. Oh, I mean, yeah. I want to see Don't Breathe after next week. So Which I one mean, is that? That's the Fidi Alvarez one who did Evil Dead. It's the guy who can't see and they're in the house and he's oh. killing him. Okay, sure. 
I want to see that one. I'll go watch Kubo again. Oh, I'm sure it's great. That, this is not being, me being a stinker. I'm sure it's great. Uh, you'll have to go see it and then tell me whether I'll like it. Sounds good. I'll have to trust you on that one. Cool. So get your list together yep. if you want to participate yeah. in Film Explosion But there will be a Film Explosion 2006 coming up very soon. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Zach, you were quiet today. Just listening to you guys. I know, we're so entranced. <laughs> did you defend the shadow while it's gone? I did defend the shadow while you and were I, gone. And defend, I still, it, defend it against somebody who loves it. <laughs> and I still think it's a piece of shit. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>